Do you want to know how to overcome? Humble yourself. You want to know how to get through it? Humble yourself. You want to know how to be victorious? Humble yourself. How? Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he will lift you up in due time. There's only one way out of this storm, and that's in the hand of God. He is the same one that spoke to the winds and the waves during the times of the disciples and during the times of the scriptures. Can I tell you what? He's still speaking to the wind and the wave of your storm. All you've got to do is humble yourself and rest in his hand and say, God, I know you can do this. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Master. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. He said the time is coming, and even now is, when you're all going to scatter. And you're going to go do your own thing. What he literally is saying, you're going to go back to what you're familiar with alone because my father's going to be with me now i want you to hear that because that's your message for today you've got a lot of stuff happening in your life a lot of things have gone different ways and you want to curl up in familiarity some of you want to turn back to things that god brought you out of because you're insecure because you're frustrated because you don't know what to do can i tell you something he's still there he's still there He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. And he said, if you will trust him, even though everything else goes the wrong way, everyone else seems to abandon you, he said, my father's still there. And he wants you to have peace. He wants you to have confidence. He wants you to have certainty that he is still the one that can do all things through you. He is still the one that can lift you, that can help you, that can encourage you, that can strengthen you, that can fill you with everything that he has promised. And that is security, certainty, and confidence, even in the midst of the storm. So listen to these words. They're your words. Be not afraid, though it seems like the storms will never end be not afraid though it seems like you haven't got a friend the storms are raging but you don't have to run and hide for the Lord he's faithful He'll heal that lonely heart inside. 
peace be still The Father loves you Peace be still The Father loves you And no matter where you are Or where you've been Be assured He wants you to know He won't let go Be not dismayed Though it seems like the hurt Will never end Be still and know The Father He'll never let you go The pain is raging But you don't have to run and hide For the Lord, He's faithful And He'll heal that hurting heart inside And this is what He says to you Peace be still Father loves you Peace be still The Father loves you And no matter where you are Or where you've been Be assured He wants you to know He won't let go And no matter you to know he won't let go that's a promise folks he won't let go you don't have to be afraid Jesus won't let go in the eye of the storm you know what Jesus won't let go that is something that no matter what's happening right now I know some of you are dealing with struggles and you're dealing with the aspect of finances going down you're dealing with the aspect of things seemingly falling apart you're dealing with the aspect of he hasn't gone anywhere he hasn't left you he hasn't forsaken you and today I want to take you into God's word and I want to show you exactly why you're going through what you're going through so I, I want you to hear these words today the Bible tells us that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Did you hear I included you in the middle of that right now? God's strength is right in the middle of that weakness that you're dealing with right now. He's not outside looking in. 
He's not at a distant place waiting on you. He is right there with you. It says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And can I tell you something? It is the storms of life. It is the darkest times that we are the weakest. But it is in those times where God's light shines the brightest. It is that promise that God says that he'll be there. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That is his promise. Can I tell you something? I, I, I know a lot of people that live in Alaska. I've got a lot of friends up there. And you know what they all told me? That first winter took some adjusting. That second winter was not all peaches and cream. By about the third or fourth winter, they got used to the almost 24 hours of darkness at its peak. Now they say there's a, a little on the horizon where you can see some glimmer of light. But for the most part, they're doused in darkness. And there's a lot of people that can't deal with darkness. There's a lot of people that can't deal with difficulties and frustrations and storms. But I, I love the, 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 the thing that I was talking to a pastor friend that pastors in Anchorage. And he told me, he said, you know what keeps me in the dark times, the darkness of Alaska, is I look on the horizon and I see God's light piercing the darkness and preparing to rise on that day. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord will always allow just enough for us to realize and i want you to grab a hold of this the lord will always allow you and eyes to to face things just enough to help us to realize that without him we can do nothing but that through him we can do all things can somebody say amen second corinthians chapter 12 let me take you right into your text this morning on your screen, you have a place that you can download today's sermon notes. If you have not already done that, take a look in the writing of your screen, and there's a link that you can sign in to, and it'll pull up my screen, uh, or my notes, and you can watch them on a double screen, or you can print them out, and you can follow along. Second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul, one of the most powerful men that we know of in Scripture, two-thirds of the New Testament is credited to the pen of Paul as he is directed by the Holy Spirit, and God moved upon him. Paul, the apostle, is writing here, and he said, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, I'm always paying attention to passages that start out with therefore or even though or because of i always want to pay special attention because god's about to tell me something he said even though i have received such wonderful revelations from god you know what he said to keep me from getting proud whoa God is fixing to unload something here. To keep me from getting proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Whoa, what a gift. To keep you humble, God said, I'm going to allow problems to come. To keep you, you say, well, preacher, I, I, I'm not doing anything wrong. 
God has to grow us. God has to enlarge the place of our tent. And the only way that he can do, just like I began the sermon out, you know how when we have these struggles, we want to kind of curl up and go back to the familiar? God says no. In the struggles is when you need to start launching out. You need to paddle a little bit stronger. You need to stand a little firmer in that wind that's blowing in your face. He said, not only was I given a thorn in the flesh, it specifically was a messenger of Satan sent to torment me. Why? To keep me from becoming proud. Now let me go on here. Three times Paul said, I asked God to take this away. Matter of fact, some of your uh, 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 translation says, I beseech the Lord. The translation I'm using here this morning says, I begged the Lord. Have you ever been in that struggle and you begged the Lord to take it away? Been there, done that. Got a closet full of t-shirts to say, been there, done that. Three times. And every time, you know what God said? You've got my grace. My grace is all you need. And then in your notes, if you're watching and you got the notes in front of you, I want you to circle this next line. For my power works best in your weakness. You see, I've learned something, ladies and gentlemen. It's not until I need God that I realize I need God. There's too many times in our lives as Christians, we kind of just plow through and we just kind of do things. And we forget that it's God taking us. It's God helping us. We get the enemy convincing us that somehow it's on our own ability. So look what Paul says. So now, because I understand this, because I got a hold of this, he said, now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. It's okay to have struggles. It's okay to go through storms. It's okay to face the fierce. Because you know that God is building character. God is building confidence. He said, I will boast in my weakness because I know that's when God's power it can rest on me and work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. That's why I take pleasure in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecutions, in the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, that's when I really become strong. That's when I really begin to understand my strength. So let me jump right into this. Number one in your notes, if you're following along, please, God's strength in the storm. And I want you to hear this because I'm starting purposely with this phrase. God's strength in the storm causes humility. God's strength in the storm causes humility humility or causes us to return to humility because we realize I cannot get out of this thing on my own it brings us to the place to help us see how much we need God you see it's only when we realize how weak we really are that we understand how deeply we really need God it is the travesties of life that propel us to the majesties of God. And that is the thing that we've got to grab a hold of. Now, now, 
Some of you might sit back and say, well, that's a no-brainer. Come on, that's not rocket science. And you're right. It's not. But the sad reality is do you know how many after the storm, after the struggle, after the difficulty will return right back to not needing God again? You see, this is why God, he allows these storms to get us to humility, to get us to that place to where we turn ourselves unconditionally over to him. It's in our weakness that he is strong. And it's because of his strength that we become strong. But I I know some of you are sitting back and asking, why humility? I'm glad you asked. We have this problem that I call I-itis. We have this difficulty, and that's turning to self or someone else instead of God. You see, here's what happens to many of us as Christians as we live this Christian life for a period of time, is we get a little confident in ourselves. The scripture says, take heed, he who thinks he stands, lest he fall. We get in, the, oh, I can do this. I can make this. Just like this, this pandemic, okay, that we're dealing with. Like it, don't like it. Believe it, don't believe it. I watch the numbers. I watch the reality. I watch this stuff going on. And we can play with it and we can ignore it. Well, hey, I'm not going to let it bother me. And then just boom, it hits us blindsided. God, where were you? I was right there, but you didn't ask me to get involved. Can you hear me? Are you with me today? We can ignore things, but God never tells us to take the the, uh, strength of our faith to ignore the realities of life. God tells us to be circumspect, to walk as wise, not as fools, looking at the situation, weighing it out and saying, okay, God, I just need to do what is right. There's a, a little movie that I've kind of um, liked, and some of you all know it's, it's Fro- Frosty part, uh, part 2. Frozen Part 2, sorry. And in there, they're, they're having this great travesty. If you, if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it this afternoon, and you'll see it. The whole town is falling apart. Everything is crumbling before. A major storm is coming. And the little... The little guy that is this wise sage in the movie tells them, you know, when you can't see the future, what you've got to do is the next right thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we all know what to do. It's never an issue of knowing what to do. It's always an issue of doing what we know. Can I hear somebody say amen? It's in our weakness that he is made strong. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we get so caught up sometimes in what we do or what we've done or what God has done through us that we forget it's him, not us. That's that humility part. That's that being humble part. 
That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 16 that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. In Proverbs 29, 23, it said pride ends in a fall, but humility brings honor. You see, it is pride... And I want you to hear this, please. We're always trying to blame the devil. Oh, we're, this virus, oh, I, I guarantee it's from hell. Whether, God, whether the devil used a man to do it or not is immaterial. It's definitely from hell. God didn't create sickness. God didn't create disease. God didn't. But the reality is God will use it. And sometimes he'll use it to knock us off our feet to get us back on our knees. God will use these things. He wants to build confidence and character in him. And he will use the storm to make it. It is pride, not Satan, that more times than not is the greatest enemy of the Christian. We get caught up. Well, God will keep me from it. Yeah, if you're not stupid in it. The scripture says don't tempt God. Don't tempt God. See, what pride does when we think, well, I, I hear from God. I, you know, let's see, let me give you a couple examples of two people that heard from God. Oh, that's right, Miriam, Moses' sister. Who do you think you are? I hear from God too. And Aaron bought in, bought into the offense. And you know what God was going to do? God was going to kill him. Until Moses, let's see, what's the Bible say about Moses? The humblest man that ever lived, the meekest man. He intervened for them and said, Father, yeah, they got a clue. Please forgive them. And so, but we get caught up in this I-itis. Pride causes many Christians to turn from God's grace and miss God's best. Let me take you into Habakkuk. It's going to be on the screen. Look at Habakkuk. It says, wicked men trust themselves alone and fail, but the righteous man trusts God and lives. All we need is a storm to show us how insecure we really are. Am I making any sense today? James chapter 4 says, you who say today and tomorrow will go to this city and that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. He said, why do you do that without me? You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's here for a moment and then it's gone. Instead, what you should say, if the Lord wills, I will live and I will do this and do that. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when we trust our strength and not God's strength, we establish the fact of how weak we really are. Because we're basing our beliefs on the temporal what is. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had money and I've focused on that money and that money flew away. And I couldn't even tell you what happened. 
No matter what I have, God tells me to focus right here where we are in this current event. You know this isolation? Oh, we hate it. Because God didn't create us for isolation. God said it's not good for man to be alone. And it was not just be alone without a wife or without a husband, but it's to be alone in anything. I always thought it was interesting. Did you know God made the animals before he made Adam? Do you think it might have been because God didn't want Adam alone from the very beginning? And then he made the proper helpmeet afterwards? But we don't like being alone. But here's what the enemy does. He tries to replace that relationship that God's trying to build between us and him with building a relationship with us and the security of the world, the security of a job, the security of a wife or a husband or a family or a paycheck or a career or a, or a, or a, or a. God says, you can't replace me with that because every one of them sooner or later will let you down. Look what 1 John chapter 2 says. Everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the boasting about what he does or what he is comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. You know the interesting thing? That's written, written in the last of the book of the Bible. Right before Revelation, we see 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and the book of Jude, and then we see Revelation. It's interesting that the Bible ends with the same thing that caused the fall in the beginning, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the devil has no new bag of tricks, just a new bag of fools. And we buy the lie. God wants you right now in this storm. Stop looking out and look up and watch him do what he does best. Which brings me to number two. God's strength is what causes trust. God's strength will help you to realize you need to depend on God. Can I tell you something that's happening right now? One of the, and this sounds a little bad, because they're very religious, but very bad on relationship. Israel. Been there several times, and they got great religion. They go through the, the motions correctly. But they've got a distance from them and God. They're kind of, a lot of them, working on isolation with God and from God. But do you know, I just read in this morning's news, do you know what this pandemic is causing? It is making the Jews in mass portion run back to Israel. And do you know what the Bible tells me in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel? God is going to raise up those dead bones. God is going to cause life to come back to that place. And just like he did it in one day, in one hour, in one moment in 1948, and then he gave them a six-day war in 1967, God says, before that great and terrible day of my coming and my judgment, I'm getting my people back to Israel. And God's using this storm to make them realize they better start trusting God. Know this, 
long before the storm ever came, the storm clouds were there. And we knew there's not a single person that has paid, pays attention to anything, did not know there was a storm brewing. And as Christians, we watched it. We watched the stock market. We watched the housing market. We watched the different things in society. And we knew something is up. But instead of looking up, we looked out. Instead of getting the direction that could give us wisdom, we just kind of went full throttle the way we were going. And some of us hit a rock wall. Am I making any sense today? The storm, when it hits, it finds out real quick where our trust is. Can I tell you what storms are great for? Storms are great for restoration. Storms are great for rebuilding. God tells us that storms are great for relationship mending. Storms are great to get our feet planted once again on solid ground. When you're spiritually sick, whether it's internally or externally, it's the best time for God to do what he wants to do in us. It is here that we should want to grow closer to God. You see, I should want to because I choose to. Not because somebody makes me to. I remember the story of of David and Bathsheba. I mean, he was walking across that that rooftop in his own strength, in his own ability, in his own confidence. He was supposed to be out in the battle. And you know what happened? He fell. You see, when we choose to do things our way and try to put God in the middle of it, we're guaranteed to fall. He said, well, hey, aren't all the people of Israel mine? Can't I have? Yeah, but David, this one's here. It's not a good deal. She's married. She's got a family. David, what are you doing? And instead of looking up, David kept peering out. Am I making any sense today? See, it's also in the storms is a great time to mature our trust. In John chapter 16, Jesus told the disciples, there's going to be some stuff happening, and these things are going to cause you to be offended. That word offended means to be entrapped. It means to be tripped up or enticed to sin, or in its worst case, to cause apostate or to turn away because something didn't go the way you thought it should. We get the word scandal from the word that they use for offense. And you know what a scandalon is? This is just a little trivia. A scandalon is that little bitty metal thing on a mouse's trap. That is called a scandalon. It's the same word they get the word offense out of. And you know what they put on that little metal scandal, offense? They put a piece of cheese to entice the mouse to take the bait. Oh, it looks good to the eye. It looks good to the flesh. And man, if I eat that, I'll be on top of the hill. Let's see, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It never changes. God has always drawn us back to himself, and he will use this situation no matter how bad it is. And God will do everything he can 
if possible, to keep us from going off the deep end. But the ultimate reality is still up to us. It's still up to your choice and to my choice which way we'll go. And people will say, well, God will stop me. No, he won't. God will never stop you from doing what you want. In the book of Job, Job gives us an understanding how God works. Really incredible passage. And he says these words in chapter 33, verses 15 and 17. He said, God speaks to us in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on the people as they lie in their bed. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. None of this stuff comes up haphazardly. He makes them turn from doing wrong. And then I think it's interesting how it ends there in verse 17. He keeps them from pride. It's sometimes the storms are the only thing that God can use to get us on our knees. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says that God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because we trust him. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our ever-present help in time of trouble. I go back to that passage I used earlier in John chapter 16, where Jesus was speaking to the disciples, and he was telling them about the struggles that were going to come and how the enemy was going to try to get them to offend in order to separate, in order to to cause them to scatter. And you know what? The devil won. They took the bait, they took the offense, and they left everything they knew. Jesus said they're going to go back to doing what they're comfortable doing. Remember Peter in the passage? He said, I'm going fishing. Got tired of waiting on Jesus. I'm going fishing. How many of us go back to what we are confident in and comfortable in instead of waiting on what he's working in? The struggles, the difficulties we face. Yet, he spoke in great confidence. And he said, you know what, guys? In this world, you're going to have these problems. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And then I love the 32nd verse, where he says, you know what? All of you are leaving. All of you are taking off. Or the 31st verse, you're going to do your own thing. And you're going to leave me all alone, but my Father is never going to leave me. Hebrews chapter 12, look at this. He said, no discipline, no storm for the moment is pleasant, but later on, it will produce a harvest of righteousness. And I, look, at, look at this interesting st- statement on the screen. For those who have been trained by it. You mean God's going to use this to train me? Folks, it doesn't matter what it is. God's going to use it. And he said, look at this. He said, I'm going to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who let me train them. 
in the midst of this. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms. Strengthen your weak knees. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is a difficult time, but if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is with you, what can the devil do? These are the realities that we have to come to in our life. Number three. God's strength in the storm is what ultimately causes confidence. You see, when you're standing in the middle of that wind is beating and you're keeping your eyes on God, you know what will happen inside of you? You'll say, Dad, thanks. We did it. We did Because you'll know he is there. His strength is there. Just like Abraham when he lifted that knife to slay his son because God said you're going to offer him as a sacrifice. As that knife was coming down, God says, don't do it. And then he provided the way out. He provided the lamb. He provided the sacrifice. Can I tell you, if you'll just stand in this storm, oh, it might be beating on you. It might be blowing on you. It might be doing everything again. But if you'll just stand in this, God promises he will make a way to escape that you can bear up under it. Can I tell you, that brings confidence. After humility comes trust. And after trust comes confidence. Because we know, even though I'm going through it all, he's never left me at all. A storm. As I begin to wrap this up, please hear me. I'm going to give you some points that will help you be victorious right here, right now, right where you are. What a storm does, whether it's a pandemic of a virus Folks, I don't treat it lightly. I, it's a real thing. But I know my God's bigger. Just like, it's just like David and Goliath. You know, a lot of people looked at Goliath and thought he was too big to hit. Well, David kind of sized him up and said, okay, I might need five stones, but he's too big to miss. And that's what God wants to do with you and I. God wants to help us through this. But a storm will help us to check where our securities lie, in Christ or in man. Can I tell you something? When Jesus went to Calvary, what did the disciples do? They checked out. They were trusting Christ, the man. They did not fully grip Christ, the Savior, but can I tell you, three days later, they went from a cowering to position to say, yeah, he the man. Been there all the time, God, just, you know, I was kind of checking things out. I know that doesn't apply to anybody, but that just uh, thought I'd throw that in there. Psalm 20, look what it says. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord my God. Storms have a way of humbling us, causing us to examine where we place our confidence, which is based on who or what we are trusting. You see, Peter knew about humility. He'd already been through different things, but he still stood up and said, man, if nobody follows you, I'm going to stand. And Jesus had to say, Peter... You're getting a little too caught up in yourself. Take heed, he who think he stand, lest 
he fall. You're getting a little too confident in yourself. He said, by the way, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. I've shared this in our church before, and I think it's kind of humorous. You know, if I would have been Peter, the first time I showed up anywhere, I would ask him, you guys got any chickens? I ain't hanging around the chickens. Unless they're Kentucky fried, then I'm okay. But if they're out there and they're fixing to be able to rooster crow, I'm out of this place. But that's not what Peter... See, Peter was a little self-confident. We call it a little religious and a religious spirit. You know, they know everything to do, but they just don't do everything they know. Storms have a way of getting us to that place. where you can either become hardened or you can become humbled. You can get bitter or you can get better. I told you I would give you some breakdowns. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 10. This is the key to the victory of confidence and character going through the storm. Just this one passage, and it sets it out in about five principles. Number one, first and foremost, Peter says, humble yourself humble you. You want to know how to overcome? Humble yourself. You want to know how to get through it? Humble yourself. You want to know how to be victorious? Humble yourself. How? Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he will lift you up in due time. There's only one way out of this storm, and that's in the hand of God. He is the same one that spoke to the winds and the waves during the times of the disciples and during the times of the scriptures. Can I tell you what? He's still speaking to the wind and the wave of your storm. All you got to do is humble yourself and rest in his hand and say, God, I know you can do this. The second thing he tells you to do, cast all your anxieties, your worries, your fears, your frustrations on him because he's really the only one that cares for you. I love my wife, and my wife is, is, you know, she is the most important part of my life. But I tell you, some of the times when she says, honey, I trust you. Honey, I put my, I'm putting confidence. It causes me to cringe a little bit, because I know my humanity. And you know what I do? Yeah, we're good, babe. We got it. Well, the whole time I'm holding on to his divinity. I'm holding on to his shirt tail because I know if I'm going to be a strength for her, he better be a strength for me. Am I making any sense today at all? He cares for you. The third thing that he says, be self-controlled and alert. Oh, there's that word circumspect. But I don't believe in this virus. Don't care. If it bites you and you know where, you'll care about it. If it hits somebody you know, you'll care about it. We've got family. I've got people I know who have died. Folks, I don't put my faith in that virus. I put my faith in the king. They might call it corona for a crown, but I know the crown of crowns, the king of kings, the lord of lords, that corona has to bow down before. But I don't play the fool. I don't walk foolish. I walk circumspect, wise, because I know the days are evil. 
self-controlled and alert. Why? Your enemy wants you to look at it that way because he's prowling around as a roaring lion. As. He's not a lion, but he's prowling like one. He's looking for someone that he can divide so he can conquer. Man, this is good preaching. I... And then it tells you the fourth thing. Resist him. Resist him. Why well, is blowing pretty hard? Resist him. It's, I, I don't. I don't. Plant your feet on the rock, and you know what happens? The wind will come, the rain will come, the waves will come, but that house will not be shaken because it is founded on the rock. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. And I love (coughs) how God, just like for Elijah, he put a little tidbit in there. He said, uh, because you know everybody else, they're going through the same thing. Everybody's going through the same thing. Could you imagine being Elijah? He's in the cave. He's just run from Jezebel. He's run from the spirit that really is the spirit of this mountain. And he's running because, you know, he sees God do all of this stuff. But then all of a sudden she just says one little thing. Well, I'm going to do the same to you that you did to them. And so Elijah split. He ran. Went and hide. And all of a sudden there was a great earthquake. And Elijah saying, God, is that you? And you know the Bible says God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was a great wind, and he's looking, you know, God, you know, you can shake the ground. You can, you can blow. Yeah. God is a, okay. He was doing the right thing, but the wrong thing was running in the first place. Then there's a great fire, and we know that God will purify and God will cleanse with fire. But you know what the Bible says? God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't even in the fire. And then all of a sudden, he heard a still small voice and you know that voice said what are you doing here Elijah did I change from Carmel you remember I I got rid of all of those false prophets and all that did I change why'd you run and then you know what he told Elijah go back and finish what you started can I tell you something It takes humility to accept we messed up. It takes humility to accept that we're not all that in a bag of chips. It takes humility to say what I thought was God wasn't God. Folks, I'm an expert in that. I've done that lots of times. I thought it was God. No, it wasn't God. It was just pizza. And as Elijah is headed back to face what he ran from, you know what happened? God tapped him on the shoulder and said, Oh, by the way, Elijah, I got 7,000 hasn't bowed their name to Baal or their knee to Baal. You're not alone. God has lots of people going through the same thing. Look what it says here as Peter concludes. He said, And the God of grace. He said, if you will humble yourself, if you will cast all your care on me, if you will walk circumspect, self-control, and alert, if you will resist the enemy, he said, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory, after you have suffered, 
Remember that passage we used a little while ago, trained up by the struggle? He said, after you've gone this a little while, he said, I'm going to restore everything. I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to make you firm. I'm going to make you steadfast. He's saying, basically, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house. Can somebody say amen? God's word speaks of turning. God's word speaks of turning. You know how he speaks of turning? He said, I'm going to turn weakness into strength. You know how he speaks of turning? I'm going to turn grief into joy. You know how he speaks of turning? I'm going to turn sickness into health. You know how he speaks of turning? I'm going to turn anguish into hope. You know how he speaks of turning? I'm going to turn poverty into prosperity. You know how he speaks of turning? He said, I'm going to pierce the darkness and turn the darkness into light. Do you know why? I'm going to take you on a 45-second perusion through first uh, psalm all the way to 150th psalm. You know what it says in those psalms? Listen to me. Throughout from the first psalm to the 150th psalm, the Bible says, God is my king. The Bible says, God is the glory and the lifter of my head. The Bible says, He is my righteousness. He is my Lord. He is my strength. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverance. He is my shield. He is my savior. He is my stronghold. He is my support. He is my redeemer. He is my shepherd. Am I encouraging anybody yet? He is my light. He is my salvation. He is my help. He is my hiding place. He is my delight. He is my reference. Come on, somebody get excited in the house of God. He is my present help in time of trouble, my strong tower, my deliverer, my God, my portion, my my comforter, my peace, my joy, my friend. That's the God we serve. And in the middle of this storm, God said, I'll be there. As the worship team comes, the only way that we will know God is our fortress. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The only way we will know God is our fortress is when the enemy rushes in on us. And we run into God's open arms for safety. The only way that we'll know God is our hiding place is when the enemy is crowding around us and we can rest in the security of God's arms wrapped around us. The only way that we'll know God is our portion is when the very dear thing to us is threatened or taken away from us. The only way we'll know God as our deliverer is when we step out into the unknown and he helps us past the uncertainties that we face. Storms. Folks, none of us have been in a pandemic. The last one was a hundred years ago. 1918. Oh, yeah, we've had some different things, but we've never had a worldwide situation. And folks, I could care less whether you believe it or not. Why? It's real. It's happening. It, it's there. So we can't ignore it. But what I do care is that you don't let it beat you down. You allow it to build you up. The only way that we will ever understand our philosophies of life and where our security is, is we have to have a storm shake us up a little bit. 
I took you through Psalms, but I got one more that I left out specifically. The 138th Psalm. I put it on your screen so you could see it. Look what it says. When I pray, you answer me. And you encourage me by giving me the strength I need. I don't know where you're at. And I want you to listen to me. I don't know what has gotten you where you are. I I know everybody's in this isolation moment, this distancing, this social distancing, and this stay-at-home thing. But can I tell you something? As hard as it is, this is an incredible opportunity for you to spend time in this Word. This is an incredible opportunity for you to take that wife or husband and draw them close, those kids, and draw them close and do things that you haven't done in a long time because all the world was distracting you. Well, right now in the midst of it, can I tell you, someone is attracting you. He's trying to draw you back to him. Oh, don't look at me like that, Mr. and Mrs. Christian. I know I'm close to God. Well, how are you doing in the middle of all of this? Praise the Lord if you're doing great. But if you're not, it's time to get better and not bitter. It's time to get great and not grumpy. It's time to stand up and stop cowering down. Folks, it's time to be a victor and not a victim God says you pray I'll answer I'll encourage you and in your weakness I'll be your strength Father I thank you Lord for all of those that are listening to me God you know who they are you know where they are you know what they've done what they haven't done what they're doing what they're not doing You know the entire philosophy of their life right now. God, let them look past the storm. Let them look past the moment and let them see. Just like my friend up there in Alaska, when he said, you know, even during those 24-hour dark days, there was still this, this this glimmer of light that stays on the horizon and he said that was one of the foundational realities of strengthening his life in those early times he just realized oh yeah the darkness may hover but my God is fixing to pierce the darkness and he does and he will right where you are right there if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today is the day of salvation. You can have your character developed and your confidence secure by knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Won't you ask him to come into your heart? All you have to do is say, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. I know you are God's only son. I know you died for me. I know you rose again from the grave. And I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. And you know what he'll do? He'll say, I was just waiting. He'll come, he'll be there, and he'll never leave you. If, that, if you have prayed that prayer, maybe your heart was away from God and you wanted to dedicate your life again, just do the same thing. Say, God, forgive me. I don't know what I was doing. 
but now I've come to my senses and I'm returning to you and he'll do that Lord I ask you to bless every woman every man every child every family God if they're struggling in their finances help them lift them encourage them God if they're struggling struggling in relationships encourage them help them lift them God whatever they're struggling whatever the storm is God build them in confidence knowing God that you have this and God in that they can stand up in character integrity and fortitude knowing today is going to be the best day of the rest of my life in Jesus name if you prayed that prayer God bless you and until we see you again thank you for joining us at Victorious Life Christian Center we'll be back online shortly God bless you Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.